Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. The Over the Ball Daily World Cup podcast is brought to you by Soccer America, the soccer paper of record, and by Octane Media. Wow, what a World Cup final, everybody. Argentina takes it in overtime and then PKs. Uh, Kevin Flynn and Chris Chamonix over the ball here uh, getting it to you. Our special guest, Bob Lee, a man we've missed during these World Cups. Uh, Wow, gentlemen, a tale of two halves. Messi gets his World Cup win. Uh, A lot of people are saying best World Cup final ever. Bob, you've been at the helm of quite a few of these. Uh, What are your thoughts on, on today's game historically? Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. It, certainly in my lifetime, at the time I've, I've known the sport, it's the best final ever. Uh, and given mm-hmm. the stakes, I mean, what we just saw, we saw a hat trick scored by a losing player in a World Cup yeah. final. I mean, that, that's, that's simply insane. Um, and it, I mean, I used to work with uh, Mario Kempis, my, my colleague at, at, at ESPN, who had two goals in the 1978 final for Argentina when they won their first cup. And to show you where soccer has got, Mario would walk through the cafeteria in Bristol, Connecticut. He'd lean past you with the salad bar. He'd make his way politely. He didn't speak a lot of English. But like, Do you understand people who's walking through the line? That man just scored right. two goals in the World Cup final. We've seen Kylian Mbappe today score three uh, and, and, and leave with, with, with the runner-up medal, which is simply insane. And, uh, I mean, we can kick this around. But I, I, what, what yeah. France did in coming back is insane. Um, this will be deconstructed for years. Absolutely. So, and that's why we want to talk to you, Chris, too. You know, a tale of two halves. We have, uh, you know, French, uh, France comes out flat, Argentina winning every ball, every second ball, uh, totally the aggressor. Hit France on their heels the entire time. Um, made some adjustments. Deschamps made some adjustments, second half. Even that didn't sort of wake France up, uh, right until the very end when, uh, you know, when uh, Kylian Mbappe just came out of the blue. That PK first, and then that wonder strike that he hit first time, uh, and it was it was a game changer. Um, tactically, though, something was going on there. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think all tournament France has not really pressed that much. They've sat mm-hmm. off, and most of the time that works fine because they defend quite well. They're a very athletic team, and it's a lot of space for Mbappe to run in behind, and it all works. But the thing is with Argentina is they're one of the best teams in the world at holding on to the ball and using it well. So the matchup that way – could have gone Argentina's way, and it did to to two nil. Uh, and quite honestly, the, the crowd was olaying right before France scored the goal. Like the, right. they were getting everything ready for for the Ar- for the Argentines to win in in, in normal time. But uh, there's a play, and, and and it's a very very athletic team. Otamendi gets caught up in a matchup that's not ideal. And as Clint Dempsey says at halftime, it's a two zero lead in soccer is the worst. Uh, right. and, and now you get 2-1, and then now all the storylines kick in. The legacies are on the line, and Mbappe scores again. You have the golden boot raised. All of this is happening in real time. Fascinating. I thought it was the best World Cup in general, and then to top it off with the best World Cup fi- uh, final, amazing. Great World Cup. The numbers were great. Uh, I think the third largest in attendance. I think the United States still has uh, the record. Uh, Bob, I worked with you in 94 with the World Cup here. Amazing, uh, fun World Cup, but the final was a, was a bit of a, a dog. Um you know where where people are sort of playing for the for the penalty kicks at the end of the game. This one uh, was exciting. Argentina. It did seem to be counting their uh, their chickens there before they were hatched a little bit and kind of uh, trying to delay, do a few things which were annoying. But the Argentinians are so good at dragging a game out like that and wasting time. Uh, one of the great parts of this World Cup has been the fact that they do add the real extra time that seems to have been taken off by all the the, the falling and the fouling and the flopping. So. 
Um, so it got added on, and Argentina was not able to hang on in regulation, went to overtime. Uh, just an amazing game. Bob, you know, covering these games for so long, like I said, they, uh, some of them, have, uh, even with Super Bowls, you see sometimes it's the playoffs that are always really exciting. Sometimes the Super Bowl is not always a payoff. This one seems to have been one. Yeah, and uh, you, were, you were talking about Argentina and, and their ability to uh, close out a game. They're also, I mean, let's face it, and, and nobody really said it today on the telecast, and there were occasions <laughs> early on where I think it would have warranted comment. We all know, if you've watched them play for years as a national side, even generationally, that this is a team that will do anything, and I mean do anything. I mean the dark arts in this right. and that, boom. Uh, I'm gesticulating here for though we don't have the video, but I mean, you can <laughs> yeah. imagine they will do anything to win. And, and and there were those moments early on when uh, Loris uh, took that shot to the chest. It wasn't necessarily the Ferrez. So certainly, uh, if it came down to that, you know it was going to go Argentina's way. It, also, Ar Argentina now gets th – they get that third star above the crest. I mean, that is, you know, rather than France getting their third star. It just goes on to prove that this is uh, – That's all your former co cohorts calling you, Bob. See what yeah, they're checking I, in I, the I, game. I, had, had a and, and, by the, and, and by the way, I, I, I disagree. I mean, they, I think he threw an elbow into Larissa's, uh, you know, rib cage there. Been there too. But yeah. also, when they, won, when they won their first one in 78, mm -hmm. uh, people forget, and I mentioned Mario Kempes, that team, Argentina was ruled by a military junta. There was no democracy. I mean, there were 30,000 people in the process of being killed or disappeared by the military government. And mm -hmm. that final in 78 was held within earshot of one of the most notorious prisons where political prisoners could hear the match being played. And the question came, who owned that victory for Argentina? The players on that, on that winning team always felt that they could never really embrace the victory. The 86 victory, certainly, yes, you had Maradona's brilliance, but you know, and I don't know, Kevin, if you've ever seen, if you've ever been to a Estadio Azteca, and Chris, if you've been down there, but in the bowels of the stadium, there is a statue commemorating Maradona's handball goal. I mean, clearly, like, the ball is up and the hand is up. So there was always these these these, these, these ancillary storylines around the Argentine two victories. Well, this one, sweet and pure, is a football victory, and it gives you know it basically ends the the conversation for me for the moment. Greatest of all time, it, it keeps Mbappe certainly in it, but who has disappeared from the conversation? The guy who sulked this way off the Manchester United roster, who sulked this way out of the starting right. lineup, who's sitting around maybe to play for $200 million for Saudi Arabia. Cristiano Ronaldo, I would have loved to have had a live camera on him watching this game. I mean, you know, all the silverware that he has, yes, Champions League, yes, 2016 Euros, he'll leave without the World Cup Championship, and he's not in the discussion any longer, and that just took two or three weeks. And that just took uh, the GOAT argument out as well, I felt. You know, Chris and I have been talking about it for the last a couple of months, actually, Chris, about how a player is a team player or an individual. And Chris knows as a coach that we love our strikers. When they put the ball in the net, all's forgiven. You weren't tracking back. You weren't getting the goal side. You know, you weren't all the stuff you complain about. But he has not covered himself in glory these, these last months for lots of reasons. And I think one thing you can say about Messi, he has always been a great team player, a different type of player. Uh, a player than Ronaldo, but they started to refer to the original Ronaldo again. I, I like that one. The, you know, they started saying the 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 real Ronaldo, um, as Terry said. Pounds now. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, it's still <laughs> a tool, 
he could probably still put a few in the back of the net. So um, I think a lot of people are happy. You know, I had mixed emotions about this game. I just wanted to see a great game, which which I did, obviously. And the French, you you got to give them credit. I mean, here they are playing with uh, without Nicola Conte, without uh, Pogba, um, and, and still uh, they have the depth of players. And I think, in fact, when some of their older, more established players came off, these young guns kind of picked up the pace and started to take it to them a little bit. Chris, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, obviously Benzema is a big myth as well. Oh, and right? Benzema, so, right? Obviously, yeah. yeah. And Giroud plays a lot of minutes, and he has to come off in the semifinal uh, and the final earlier than maybe he would have wanted. But mm-hmm. he, you know, when the Moroccans stepped on the ball, France had to concede and defend the whole bunch. Same thing with Argentina. So this wasn't the most beautiful French side, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of pace and power and all these kinds of things, it was interesting to see the tactical changes because they started in the 4-3-3, and then when they moved Mbappe up centrally, they kind of reverted back to a 4-4-2. Uh, and it was a different way of operating. It reduced the amount of running they had to do in the open spaces. But when you get to the point where you were saying before about Ronaldo and his legacy and Messi with his legacy, all that was happening in real time. It's very right. rare that you see legacies on the line in real time. Uh, especially in a sport that's 90 minutes long and et cetera, et cetera. And to see that, the drama of it was unlike anything I've ever seen before. And and you also have to look at Mbappe scored three penalties in the match, two in, in the game and one in the extra time in the, in the shootout. And Messi Same scored area. two. That's not easy to do either. So right. it's, the, the excellence uh, is is amazing to watch. You talk about real time, Chris. Then there is this. and we, We've been talking about the, the greatest of all time discussion and how Cristiano Ronaldo now is not in it. Back home, I don't know whether he's in Santos or Rio, in hospice care, is play watching this game. And it just occurs to me, I mean, we don't know how much longer we'll have him to talk about in the present tense. It can't be all that much time if he's in hospice care. But Mm -hmm. watching this game and watching and seeing exactly what we've been talking about, who will carry this into the second generation removed now? from Pelé's career. And I think, the, he, God willing, he was able to watch this game and see it played out. I, I would imagine he, he took some satisfaction from watching Messi achieve what he achieved, especially since the Brazilians were out. You know, you mentioned Pelé, which both of us have met, Bob. And, and the one thing I had always taken from him was really what a gentle soul the man was, uh, is. And, um, and I, I get that vibe from Messi as well. Both players, even more so in Pelé's case, have taken a beating on, on the field. And Messi doesn't flop. Uh, Pele did flop. Uh, you, you know, it's uh, it, it's. It, I think I think you got the goat discussion kind of ended there with Messi getting that one off his back. Did it with class as well. D- did it as a um, a great player. A ton of assists. You know, holds the ball. Plays like a midfielder, Chris, doesn't he? Well, he's got a free role at this age. Yeah. yeah. You know, no one's going to A, going to tell him what to do, and B, hasn't defended too much for quite some time. So you, you, if you have him in the team, you have to work your tactics around him, which Scaloni did really well. And and obviously the team was certainly rallied around him and didn't take any exceptions to the liberties that he takes, you know, mm-hmm. when he has a breath. But he picks his moments to defend a little bit, obviously did in the last two rounds of the tournament. And then you look at the storyline. He's the one who scores the goal in extra time to make it 3-2. Uh, so, you know, he stepped up in every single way throughout this whole tournament. The only glitch in the screen was the first game, right? So now you have Spain won a World Cup after losing the first game, and now mm-hmm. Argentina has as well. But there are very few teams have been able to do that. But, you know, it's a month-long tournament. It is a version of an all-star team. There was a smaller preseason camp, quote-unquote, because of the timing of this November Cup. So this team got better along the way. Bob, you, know, you, it, you talk about Messi and his abilities on the field. And the way he projects himself 
Uh, but there was that post game, some of the stuff in game right. with the, with the Dutch, and then post game. What are you looking at, fool? He's right. And we've never really seen that side of him, and it was good. I mean, you you can't be the most marked man, and I mean marked as in not marked in soccer terms, but like for for, for studs, high tackles, and, and and bad tackles in the world, and not accumulate that edge. And it was good to see that happen. I mean, yes, we know yeah. the side of Messi, the creative side, but man. Yeah, he was pissed off. It was good to see. Good, yeah, I think Messi and Ronaldo, obviously, too. Gr- I mean, yes, I agree with everyone here that, that that conversation is probably closed now with with Messi having won the World Cup. But the difference between Ronaldo and Messi, two obviously unbelievable competitors, is just Ronaldo mm-hmm. wears it on his sleeve in a very open way, and sometimes gets takes shots for that. Messi's been a little bit more subdued about it. But as Bob's saying, like, don't get him wrong; like, he's as fierce as they go. Well, I think the only argument with Ronaldo is, you know, Manchester United, he wants to be in the Champions League. And so he's going to leave his teammates because he just wants to go to the Champions League because he wants to get a goal. So as a teammate of his, you'd be like, come on, man. I, I, you know, that's where he kind of gets the, uh, yeah, the he's, argument. He's lost the plot the last six months for sure. You know, maybe right. 12 months. Um, and so that has been a negative for him. So while Messi is ascending, he's descending, you know, in the spotlight and scope of greatness. So that's got to be tough, like you say, Bob, to have a camera on him would be priceless right now. Yeah. So I think Argentina was fiery, especially after that Dutch game. Uh, and I've been told that a lot of things were happening uh, on and off the ball that people kind of weren't aware with. And everybody kind of got uh, kind of uh, fired up. And the Argentinians I've played with, and if you've watched the Argentinians, they get fired up. Bob, you mentioned the dark arts. I wasn't uh, wasn't really pleased with the way they acted, you know, drilling the ball into the um, into the Dutch bench and you know all the things that are sort of uh you saw today uh even at the end when the the one of the replacement players is is kind of jogging up and down the sidelines and the ball comes over for uh a corner kick he kicks it out kicks it up into the stands i mean he's not even in the play of field of play didn't get carded i thought that was was interesting but i think messi felt the enthusiasm the frustration the aggression of his team and and got fired up and it helped him and i think he calmed the team down in a lot of ways today with some possession maybe not so much all the dazzling you know forays into the attacking third of the field but uh but i think for you know a lot of my friends are casual soccer viewers uh who watch this game who really enjoyed it and i think even if you just watch it as a one-off it it was an amazing game to watch chris uh, you mentioned the all the storylines that were going on, the golden boot, uh, the greatest player ever, were all there. And Bob, that plays right into the, the journalistic storytelling elements of, of sports and how I feel like this game isn't always covered as well, building up to things. So you know all the storylines. Um, but this was a great one, uh, a great one to watch, great storylines. Yeah, it, it, just as... People will always remember who won. They won't getting back to the right. Argentine, uh, you know, mindset and whatever they want, willfully trying to get under your skin. I mean, people, people won't remember the uh, the 1990 final was just a dreadful piece of unartistic football. I mean, the West Germany won. Was it one nil that year? I mean, it was just that that, that to that point it was probably the worst. World Cup mm-hmm. we had seen in terms of football. Uh, and and what will you not remember from this World Cup when all the talk a month and a half ago was about Qatar, about the fact that was, this World Cup was cited there because of clearly because of bribery, FIFA's uh, incompetence and malfeasance and, and corruptibility, and the whole question of the migrant workers. Uh, there's an exceptional piece yesterday in the New York Times, which is want to do this journalism about the whole uh, FIFA pushback about the captains wearing the 
uh, the armband, the rainbow armbands, and mm -hmm. how it really was more than a card. They were talking about player suspensions. All of that is going to be compartmentalized and put up on the shelf, and only a few people, like the three of us and your very astute listeners, Kevin, I think, are ever going to reach for that volume and, and, and say, right. The, the 2022 World Cup, and, and people are going to forget how this was jammed into the middle of the club schedule and how the play, as good as some of these matches were, they could have even been better. I mean, I and I think, Chris, we saw the quality of play improve because these teams got to you know, more time with each other. Some of these teams came together with maybe less, fewer than 10 days, right, of preparation, and right. suddenly you're at the World Cup. So those are the things that the record will have, but no, people will remember this as Messi's redemption. And yes, they should, but they should also keep, I think, some space in their, in their, in their hard drive for all the other things that were there. Yeah. People remember the winners and it thought of, you know, even the Argentinian players were crying during the game. I mean, when uh, Di Maria was shot out of a cannon uh, today, uh, you know, had a sort of a half and half World Cup leading up to this because of injuries, but really came off on the, on the right foot. And Bob, you mentioned sort of the, the global, extent of this game and which is really unique to what soccer is so many things you know the new york times yesterday there's an article about um, a woman a greek woman from the european union uh, up on bribery charges now from from cutter uh, you got to give her the nod she's she went at it full bore at the yeah. end are true i mean <laughs> yeah. sums of money over a period of time a lot of luggage with 600 thousand euros in it a couple of stories about that i'm like where's my luggage with 600 thousand euros in it I, to my good friends at Fox, and I mean that sincerely, I just question the the atmospherics of one of those promotions of having their guy standing there at, on the set money. and Alexi holding that briefcase full of money <laughs> for a gambling app. And I tweeted at him during the cup. I said, did you pick up Seth Blatter's briefcase by mistake? <laughs> not, not the image I think you want to project, but the sponsors rule the day. He looks miserable holding that luck, that thing. Well, what is that? What was that game with Howie Mandel had the uh, everybody all the models? Deal or no the, deal. Deal or no deal. Poor Lexi got thrown into deal or no deal. He's like a game show host now. This is unbelievable. Yeah. I guess look, that's that's something, Bob. When you started uh, at ESPN, that was uh, you know the whole gambling thing, the separation of church and state sort of thing, where they kept them far apart and now it seems to be part of the uh, the modern game every game well, a few shekels down not on this game i they, yeah. they went off at virtually even odds and whatnot but uh, you know i i uh, think i want to well let me see i won two bets on the jets last week i'm talking 10 15 dollars <laughs> everybody relax but it's legal <laughs> but in certain states and you know i i i i had the whales draw i i, I bet on england uh, to defeat the u.s i lost that bet but i i won the iran match so you know Bob, Bob, I, I, I'm su surprised you got ten, fifteen, and dollars extra bucks kicking around. You're on a set income now. You're retired. Empties back to Costco. Right. You're going for the early bird special, like like my mother down in Florida. I'm like, Mom, I'm not eating a steak at three thirty in the afternoon to save five bucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> they ran out of Caesar for the for the dressing. <laughs> well, like our friend Vic Henley said, yeah, Caesar leaves. My mom wanted Caesar leaves. Um, Ken, our producer of Over the Ball Voctane Media, uh, he took. Chris and my advice, and he bet a few shackles on on France. Now, I, I tell you something. I thought France was the better team, but I think Argentina wanted it more. They came out. They, they weren't messing around. Um, so, Ken, what'd you lose? Oh, we muted him. I think he said 250. 250. Wow. He said 250, wow. 250 beans. Oh, my goodness. Well, by the I, way, nobody won. You had to bet the draw to win. This is a draw, this game. You had to bet a draw right, to win, right? Right, right. And it, and, those and are the books. Were, they were only paying decision bets over 90 minutes, at least at Caesars. 
So if you bet a team to win, you were betting on a 90-minute result, not a 120-minute result. Bob Lee always knows this stuff. Even when he's betting 10 bucks on the game, he's getting the line from Caesars. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Everybody, all right. Well, this is uh, this this, this was is degenerated a- quickly with a bunch of degenerate. Damn, <laughs> yeah, we've gotten to gambling now and everything else. Hey, look, Argentina. I think as a country needed that win. I'm happy for them. I had a, I wanted Messi to to get a World Cup. I, I love the way France played at times. Uh, when uh, when Argentina went into the dark guards there a little bit, I got I would get annoyed at them. But uh, I think Bob, you know, you've watched so many World Cups. They've made some changes in in some rules. Um, and some, I think, of, are, are helping the game uh, effectively. The, the offside, they seem to call pretty early in this game. They added minutes. Uh, what else did they do? They cut a couple things. I thought this last game was refereed very well. He let a lot uh, This go. one was. They had a Qatari referee yesterday in a third-place match who had no business being out there. Nightmare. It showed later in the match. Um, and I agree with you about the offside. I, I think there was some education that went on with, you know, you know, you can't be offside with your fingertips because you can't touch the ball with your fingertips. However, right. that offside system is only going to be at major events like World Cups and maybe Continental or, or you know, uh, Champions League matches. So, yeah. I mean, MLS is not going to have this this virtual, uh, I don't believe, uh, offside system, which is great if, if you can trust the science of it and give you, you know, explain why something's offside. But, you know, there were a couple of replays that we were alive. I, I was not too impressed with the world feed. The game ended. took two minutes to get, get a nice close-up of Leo Messi. You know, right. there's one company, it's a German company, that provides the same cut of the game to everybody throughout the world. And uh, I, I think they're far too much into reaction shots, beauty shots, replays, and, and the crowd. And what they didn't show you were empty seats. A lot of, even in the knockout round, according to the things I read, yeah. There were a lot of empty seats. Yeah, but they were the VIP seats too, Bob. They were the, well, there the, other the, seats the high too. enders. Maybe they were bought and paid, and they weren't attended. But yeah, um, gee, you know, if you if you've got tickets to that game, kick them back to a ticket exchange, and you know, maybe some of some of the workers could go, uh, which I'm sure a few did uh, to uh, some of the matches. But um, you know, the things that you don't see, you know, you can only see with your own eyeballs. And Fox, to their credit, had announcers at every event in person. Right which is, I think we may have talked about it earlier on, on this show, was possible only because I think, you know, in terms of budget being realistic, everything's within like 40 miles. Right. Nobody's flying. I mean, you know, in, in Brazil, we were flying people all over Brazil, which is the size of the United States, and mm-hmm. we weren't going to staff every game. Same thing in South Africa in 2010. You staff most of them and not all of them. But you can just get in a van and go to a match and get your teams in and move them around like chess pieces and not worry about flights. That's a whole and, and the cost of all of that. That's a right. You know, big, but Jenny Taff was on the pitch. I thought she she did a very good job. It's interesting. A point you bring up, Bob, is uh, the world feed. You get that. How does that change the way you cover the game? Because usually, wouldn't you have uh, the director in your ear or a yeah. producer in your ear uh, telling you what shots coming? My understanding is it uh, would be that you might get a warning on, on an all call as uh, to to your control room from the world mm-hmm. feed. You're going to assume there's a replay coming. Um, and, and maybe if there's a dead ball situation and someone is being checked out, um, they may warn you, I believe, that the, they're going to, okay, we're going to give you a quick package of all the goals. Sometimes it just pops up. So you're, you're, you're exploring a storyline down here that might be totally away from what you're suddenly presented with visually, and you have to pivot quickly. Um, that's, I mean, I believe the number was 30 or more cameras on, on, a, on a World Cup final. I'm mm-hmm. sure it was around that today. I mean, it's hard to miss 
<laughs> a sport on a rectangle with 30 cameras. Right, exactly. And that's why I think a lot of these, uh, a lot of the nefarious stuff is seen now on camera. So it's uh, sort of either embarrassing or, or is penalized. Uh, ask Luis Suarez when he bit into Keanu oh, in South Africa in 2010. Right. And, and you look at you you look at goal technology now. I think in, a, in an earlier day, you wouldn't have known if that ball had crossed the line or not, other than from the replays. And, and it was clearly over, but the alarm went off on the, on the, in, the referees watch you get you know the offside calls now which were always controversial because of the timing you have that uh you know fouls that are committed a handball like maradona's you know hand of god would have been called back uh, and he would have been yellow carded so a lot of these things are good and i think chris i don't know on like at the college level but um to not call the offsides on a clearly offsides play I think endangers players because they continue to run and sort of a either one's running hard and the other's running in a half-assed fashion with his arm up. Um, it's been nice to have that uh, eliminated. That's why I'd like those calls to be made just a little quicker when they're an obvious offside. Yeah, I mean, in college game, we still have the you know the flag is everything, so you yeah. can only use video technology. It's just now being introduced for the first time. You know, for smaller things like flagrant fouls that you know that are red card offenses and or mm-hmm. you know is a penalty in the box or not. Those are those are short list of things. For example, that could you could use VAR for, but it's been used very irregularly because it's so new. But I would speak about like that that extra time goal. I mean, I think we should all be campaigning, and maybe I'm alone on this, but. I think we should have golden goal. I think one of the great things about this yeah. World Cup was that it was November. The players were fresh and fit. They weren't fatigued after you know a full European and, and South American season having to come into a summer World Cup. And I think all the extra minutes of having a manda- having a mandatory thirty minutes, you know, several times in a World Cup, that could ruin a team and their legs. And the freshness of the product was really a big part of why this World Cup was great. So I would have loved to have seen Messi's extra time goal be the winner. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I, I didn't. We have at one cup, golden goal. I think so, right? And I, I I, I'm so. going to sound stupid now because I was there in '98. I, I think it was '98. <laughs> if it wasn't '98, it was 2002. But I think it was '98. There was golden goal for one cup, and then it was abandoned. But you know, um, the purists will say, "Well, a game, you know, has to play out and acquire its character yeah. to get into it." But Hell, if you haven't done that over 90 minutes, 130 or 120 is going to make a difference. I agree with you. Uh, I, I got to wonder also if there's almost a feeling that it's almost quintessentially American. And for that reason alone, they don't want to do it. Right. And you may have to bring it up a few times before they, they accept it. You know, But it, it could be if it ever comes from the player side. Because the players, that 30 minutes is a lot, especially when you're in a month-long tournament. Like That, that grinds after a while. And extra time. And extra time. The last five or six minutes of the second extra time, though, I have never seen a second extra time played with such fervor. In in the wake of the go-ahead goal, I mean, there were at least three to four legitimate scoring chances and great shots in the last five, six minutes of the match because of the stakes. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. And I I don't know where these guys were finding, you know, reaching down to find that energy. They're going to pay for it now. And now the curious thing is, you know, how (laughs) – piece in a London paper the other day that a lot of cell phones on the Argentine side are going to be lost as these guys disappear for uh, a vacation yeah. well beyond the one that their club team wants them to take. Yes. A lot of slow jogs, a little swimming and some yoga, uh, as Chris would, would tell his players to do. Uh, well, guys, this has been wonderful. It's been a wonderful World Cup. Uh, the whole run, I, 
I enjoyed it. Uh, it seems odd that it wasn't in the summer, but that's a whole other show that we could possibly It do. was in Argentina. It, 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 yeah, summer exactly. In, Rio, in Buenos Aires. It's it's uh, it's summer in uh, in Argentina for a lot of reasons right now. So anyway, it's been a great t- uh, cup, great t- uh, talking to you, Bob. But we, as uh, many people have said, we've uh, we've missed you on air. But uh, you're 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 going for the early bird special now, betting 10, 15 bucks on a, on a, on games. <laughs> uh, and hey, our, our our thoughts are with uh, Pele, uh, yeah. the great one, um, uh, such a gentleman and, and a person who really. To help to jumpstart the game in this country and uh, a wonderful, a wonderful person. And also to all of our friend uh, the, with the passing of Grant Wall, a truly special person in his own right. He will be missed. And congratulations to Argentina for a great World Cup. Uh, it's over. As you said, Bob, people will only remember the winner after all, uh, all this excitement and all the back and forth and everything that's been going on, all the political stuff. Uh, so congrats to Argentina. All right, everybody. Uh, for Chris Shamides, I'm Kevin Flynn, and over the ball, we'll talk to you next time on OTB. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247. 